Patrick, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, fought the blokes missing. On all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex? Send the homie a text? That trash off is the best? You try to make it complex? Then they text you back, now all of a sudden they don't make any sense? <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait them. Bait them. Fish. What is up, Fantasyland? We're back in the district, and what an awesome time of year. We got that stretch, right? It's that, it's that two-week stretch. If you're living somewhere like Theo, Dan, or myself, where you get like maybe two months of nice weather during the year, it's kind of bittersweet because you know it's almost over. Winter's coming real quick. But right now, we got two weeks, guys, to binge, to binge draft, to overdraft, and no better way to get you guys ready to win those drafts with this man, the Fantasy Mojo, Darren. Welcome back to the district, brother. We are excited for this this one tonight. Hey guys, thanks for having me. We got uh, what three three more weeks till Vegas, so this is heavy draft season. So a lot of I was uh, just telling changing. Just telling JD, um, I'm drafting pretty much every day. I'm in like three <laughs> football guys slow drafts right now. It's awesome to get you on because. Uh, we respect your opinion so much. And I think that the tool that you provide um, is like invaluable. Um, you know, it's, if any, if you play FFPC and you don't subscribe to fantasy mojo, um, you better reconsider that because it's, it's like a, something I go to every day. It's, I always have your website open on my screen and um, we really appreciate you taking the time to, to come on here. It's so close to the season. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And, and you know, it's funny when, uh, when I'm, when I'm out in Vegas and I'm in the ballroom and I, I'm just like walking around and you see all the draft tables, I see all the laptops open <laughs> and they basically like five or six guys at every table has my site up with like the draft forms and everything. It's funny. I, I don't think your I don't think your site is never up as a tab on, on my, on my screen, you know, on the many, many tabs and many screens right. that I'm running. Yeah. So now we, we're, uh, we got a lot to talk and about. I want, yeah, I'm, I I'm delving into it a hundred times a day, it feels like, easily, <laughs> you know. And I'm always doing that little deep dive. Okay, well, yeah, so, uh, you know, he is the 156th player selected, but uh, let me click on his name and find out exactly <laughs> where he's been going the last, you know, two days or whatever. So Yeah, a lot of people don't even know that. Like, in any of the ADP boards, you, you click on a player's name and then it, it pops up the uh, the, the plot diagram of, of where the guy's gone over the course of the draft season, you know, in that particular format. So I'm always in there too. Um, yeah. That, that feature is just money. Absolutely yep. money. So guys, let's, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Let's jump into it. Darren, I want to start off more macro. Uh, you're hearing a lot of guys talk about how this year there's a lot more variety in the builds is, is kind of what, what you're hearing from a lot of the big drafters. What's your feeling overall 
on the layout of land this year versus last year when you're looking at ADP, when you're looking at the bills that you're seeing? I mean, when I, when I look at the boards, it, it does, the drafters, they're, they're, I guess, better educated and they're going in with strategies. Like back in the old days, it was people, guys would just, you know, build their teams or their favorite players. But now, you know, with, with the evolution of zero RB, hero RB, you know, um, robust RB, you can, you can see there's, there's strategies in place, like across the league. Um, you know, it's, it's not just a bunch of dudes getting together and, you know, it's not like the home league where guys are just like picking, you know, from, from a, from a draft sheet. Um, and, and it's funny because before I came on here, I caught some of that, uh, Evan Silva and, and those guys, they're doing a, a main event. They're streaming that and they're calling us boomers. You know, it's fun. They're, they're, there's like, we're in this room with these boomers but then they start getting pissed off because they did like this nasty zero RB build. They, I think that they waited till like the ninth round to start to hit, to hit an RB. And then they start getting mad because they start getting sniped and there weren't any like other RBs that they wanted were gone. So, but you can see like they were right next to another, to a hero RB team. And then down at the, at the beginning, the guy went robust RB. I think he took five RBs to start his draft. So you can definitely see it in every draft. And it's not like a particular drafter goes in with like, okay, I'm doing, you know, hero RB on this. Like people are skilled up so much. They know, you know, based upon that first couple rounds, like which way they're going to go, you know, in, in a particular build. And then they just hit that path. And so you kind of see that in every board. I think drafters are a little less um, scared of being bad at one position this year. Um, in general, I think that like, I, I don't know if, that, if it's a, if it's like kind of like carrying on from best ball or it's just, it's just an, a really aggressive strategy where you'll see in football guys and main event drafts, like you said, guys will start the draft with five straight running backs. Um, then you'll see the flip side where a guy will walk away with like seven wide receivers in the first eight rounds. You're seeing bully tight end sometimes. Um, is this is this kind of the craziest you've seen it in terms of the range of, of builds? I, I, I'm seeing I, I'm seeing more structure than I have in the past, and that's because streaming of drafts is is becoming more mainstream, and people are getting educated and, and like monkey see, monkey do. They're going to do what they see, right? They're they're going to learn from that. Um, and I think just the masses are just, you know, becoming better drafters or, or better structured drafters. So, you know, in that sense, yeah, we see more sort of particular builds going on. And then I think people are from the macro sense. I think they understand that they're going to build a portfolio like across a tournament. Right. So they're not. You know, they're not they're going to be more comfortable with like, OK, I'm doing zero RB in this draft. And, you know, I know that like and if then, you know, down the line, I'm going to be doing a hero RB. So, um, you know, it's it's just people are going to build what they're going to build in, in, a, in a particular draft. So the, 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 the draft community has just gotten smarter. It's like so much information is out there. Um, and, and Darren, speaking of information, you put together some amazing stuff for us tonight. So guys, if you're watching right now, a smash the like, smash the subscribe, you know, help us out, check out fantasymojo.com. Like we said, guys, that tab should always be on your screen when you, whether you're drafting FFPC or any other platforms, because again, guys, 
the best drafters are playing the FFPC and they give you a great idea of where those values are when you're drafting, if you're comparing to the, the Fantasy Mojo ADP chart, especially when you can pull up the actual draft board uh, versions, it gives you a nice way to track your draft and, and find those values. So make sure you check it out. But stay tuned, guys. We're going to have a lot of Darren's exclusive information. Guys, before we jump into to the risers, anything, uh, Theo, you got anything else? Dan, you, you want to ask more macro level or anything you guys are seeing in the drafting streets? I know you guys are right now are got at least 49 drafts each on your screen. <laughs> I, I had I had one one question for Darren because I feel like um, last summer we would have the, the stacking. Stacking was the big kind of Twitter talk. Um, you'd see the mega stacks being built. Um, you you all actually talked a lot about that. Um, and I think it's interesting because now I don't know if stacking is is quite as forced. Do you think kind of people people took their medicine last year? um where maybe stacks didn't work out or do you think this is just it's just with a fad um and people are looking more at like lesser correlation than like a big massive stack yeah i, th I think people realize well it, it, in best ball format stacking is more important right sure yep. um especially in those tournaments where there's advanced rates and there's you know there's eliminations by round and then in redraft there's still some stacking on, but there's not like super stacking going on. Like they, they like to, to maybe, you know, correlate a quarterback and maybe one or two receivers, but you don't see like people trying to go because especially with those prizes, right. It's, it's basically a winner take all out of, you know, how many thousands of people they want to build like this, this monster. And it's almost like, they're disposable. Like if they don't get it, they're just going to keep trying to, you know, it's finally nail get those two or three um, super teams to put them over the top. It's not so much in redraft, especially like in like a football guys tournament, because it in there it's like a three week sprint. Right. So there, there's more phases to the game that you have to, you know, to, 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 to overcome to, you know, to win a tournament like that. So, and then even, and I think Gilds was just mentioned in the pies, but the, he brought something up on Twitter, like that, in relation to stacking, you don't see like on the the top winning teams. You don't see like Burrow and then Higgins and Chase. What you see usually is one, just one of the the uh, the receivers in place because having both of them kind of limits your upside almost because you want to have the alpha from multiple teams. Right. And if you have two of those top receivers from the same team, that that could almost like hurt you a little bit because you, you might be missing out on an alpha from another team on a given week. You want like that. You want to hit the nuts in a given week. And right. I want to and compliment Darren. I'm sorry, Dan. Uh, Darren's Darren's also got in the in the I was looking at our hardway board, Dan, that we drafted with Darren. And yep. Darren's also sitting on a Dallas Goddard, Devonta Smith with ninth round. Uh, nice. So nice. nice. I love it. Stack. Love the uh, Philly stacks. I don't even remember that draft. That was so long ago. So. <laughs> Dan, Dan has a Jamar Chase, uh, a Jamar Chase, um, Joe Burrow stack, and he got Burrow in the ninth round as well. So you guys are both sitting on some really nice correlation right there at value. 
Yeah, I'm ready to do some waivers already. <laughs> uh, no, please, not no waivers, no waivers. Uh, question, question. Do you guys think that it a lot? Some of it has to do with the fact that we're finding more ways to stack. Like before, everybody was going for the obvious QB, wide receiver one, you know, uh, tight end or whatever it was. Where now you got the week 17 play in some of the big tournaments that people are trying to you know, uh, stack into their teams. Uh, you got naked stacks, you got stacks without QBs. Like we've found so many ways to stack now that maybe that kind of plays in with, you don't have to reach as much because there's more options to stack now. Right. You can, you can supercharge your team in different ways. So yeah, this year is the way year better correlation way that, that everybody's like, you know, that they're on that. Like, so it's, it's like, it's, it's recency bias. They see what worked the last year. Yeah. And then now that everybody's doing it this year, and, so, and I was going to ask you, like, what's the zag? What's the zag this year? You know what I mean? Because everyone, I was listening to somebody today, actually on um, Mattis, uh, Davis Mattis's show, and he was talking, like, talking about his favorite kind of build. And I swear he was describing my same build. And I don't really listen to this guy regularly. So it's like, you got to think how many guys are going in with the same idea. And you see it in the draft rooms. It's making almost the unique builds go so far off. You see guys taking five tight ends off the off the bat or whatever it is because it's the only way. Like, what is the proper zag, and is it is it is that the way to do it? Is you know, especially in the big bigger tournaments. I I think it depends a little bit whether you're talking redraft or um, you know like managed leagues or best ball uh, to start with, and then then I think we can go from there. And how's it different? Like, how how do you? See, how how is the how is the answer different? I guess Dan. I mean, for me, it's 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 like different. You're going to have different stra stacking strategies that are going to work in better in one versus the other in the first place. So you know how you're going to pivot off of those is going to change as well. Like uh, you know, I I wouldn't pivot with five tight ends necessarily in a, a managed league, but uh, you know, five weight tight ends or something like that in a best ball, maybe I would do that. So yeah, you know, that's that's one example. And I also think the, the best ball, um, Darren, you're seeing a lot more of that final week correlation where people are trying to look for the, that, that magic game in the final two weeks of the season that's going to kind of push them over the top. I think maybe we weren't looking at, at single game uh, you know, opponent correlation as much last year than we're seeing in like the, the big, the big uh, FFPC best ball leagues. Are you seeing that as well? I mean, yeah, it's definitely more prevalent. I mean, and then now everybody's aware of it and then everybody's doing it. And that's all anybody cares about. I mean, they're <laughs> building these spike weeks, building some overlay that you can use on uh, underdog that like has like correlations built into it. I mean, there was awareness the year before and like, even I was aware of it. Um, you know, I was looking for that, that Cincinnati game for, for week 17, but that's, that was just, it's not now it's totally next level. It's like, okay. We've got like that the obvious correlation games, and then guys are like, "Well, so many people are going to have those correlations. We want to have like what? Are, what are the the you know the sleeper correlation plays like? Uh, Jet like, Seahawks, baby. Chicago, Detroit. Seahawks, Chicago, yeah. Detroit. Chicago, Chicago, Detroit's the other one. Yeah. So it, it's just the. the but it's, it's the extreme. It's, it's the extreme, right? We went from zero to hundred, and then next year you're going to see that middle ground, probably. You know, something's going to happen, or or we're going to start paying attention for to those other weeks. And that's that's my next question, Darren. Do you think maybe the mistake is focusing too much on seventeen, and maybe not from you know the start of the playoffs or even getting into the playoffs? Well, you got to get there. Um, you could you could have the nuts 
team for week 17. But if you didn't advance to week 17, now we're talking best ball, you know, then it doesn't matter. So you still have to navigate through 15 and then 16 and then 17 to have those guys to hit. So you almost, it's, it's still, you know, it comes down to having like hitting the perfect storm, you know? Um, so, and it, it could very well turn out that like whoever wins, you know, like underdog or the FFPC for week 17, they don't have a great correlation. That's not guaranteed to be a correlated game that puts somebody over the top. It ultimately comes down to having the right players. And it just ha- happened that like the right players last year was in a game that was correlated and that's where all the points came from. So um, we'll just have to wait and see. This is like right. the greatest chart you've ever put up on, on the screen, JD. I immediately stopped listening to you guys. So I'm just staring at how, how great this looking this uh, it's pretty spreadsheet sweet. is. It's pretty, we, might, we might have to hire uh, Darren just to, to help us make some of these well, charts for the show. I mean, this is a pretty sweet chart. So, so let me explain what this chart is. These are the, the ADP risers for the FFPC main event. And what I did was I took, I took the, uh, the ADP of the teams, like right when it kicked off July 4th and they kicked off like 10 slow drafts. So I took ADP from those leagues and I compared it to what, um, the ADP was for the leagues that ran, uh, yesterday and the day before. So now we have like, and that's only like a month, right? And you see like the violent shift and some of these players over just the course of one month. And one of the things you had on the show sheet was, what do you see? What's the difference in, just in general in ADP between this year and last year? And I think one of the things, it's it's like the the prevalence of information and just how something catches fire and there it causes these violent shifts in ADP so quickly. It's not a gradual change. I mean, things like overnight that the, 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 the fantasy role gets, you know, the, put on its head. So obviously at the top is is Pacheco who nobody was drafting. He was undrafted, right? And now he's uh, 1208, and that's that's just the average. But, I mean, we've seen him go, like, somebody took him, like, in the sixth. Um, so he's, like, the hottest guy. And uh, and then even in, in pros versus Joes, I looked at the pros versus Joes ADP, which is even later. That was just two weeks ago. The first week of that, nobody drafted Pacheco. And then the second week, people drafted Pacheco in the 20th round. Dan, so who it, drafted Dan? Who drafted Pacheco in our in our pros versus Joe's? I believe that was us. Yep. Wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, Dan. We do we have I'm actually even in our dynasty teams. I'm pretty sure we have a couple couple Pachecos. No, Dan. Yeah. Let me let me let me double check that. But I believe we yep. were the nice. Well, I'm a dynasty midget, and even I got I I, I so so let me ask you this, Darren. Those. those those top three guys right now, the hottest topics are Pickens, Dubs, Dubs, whatever you want to call them, or Pacheco. Which one's your favorite? Uh, I kind of like dubs I, because, I think because of value or just like j- overall, like it, just a player. I think he's a guy who could really pay off on he's like, I think he's less speculative than Pacheco and, and pick Like once the season starts, like we, we see it every year, like all this stuff that happened, a lot of the stuff that happens in preseason is noise and it's yeah. tough to like, you know, filter out what's noise versus like what are the guys who are really going to carry this momentum over into the season? And mm-hmm. I think Dubs is going to be that guy because he's in like in the best position. You know, Watson is sort of falling behind and he's got Aaron Rodgers throwing him too. So it's kind of like you could see that happening. Pacheco, I don't know. I mean, I mean, that's like what's what's his 
You're going to start him with confidence week I one? I feel like we've seen this. No, I was telling the guys in the chat today, I, I couldn't remember the names. Amir Abdullah came to mind. Like these guys Dar that Darwin just... Thompson. Like, I, and a lot of the names that came to mind were actually guys that had draft capital. This guy has zero draft capital. So you, like, I don't know, Theo, where are you in Pacheco? Is, it, is this for real? Is this fool's gold? Which one out of these three do you like? So th th I was taking some shots on Pacheco and, I, and I'm very open to drafting him. The problem is... Uh, some people who we respect a lot and some people who've been on the GOAT district um, and some also some other drafters, you know, people saw them drafting them. And, and I think that there's been such a scheme that, you know, we saw last night in a draft that um, Abib Agbatoba um, of first and 15, a, a GOAT district guest uh, and a two-time football guys uh, champion, he posted it on Twitter and we saw Pacheco go with the five, six turn. Now that's, that's not going to happen any other draft this weekend unless there's some crazy Kansas City news. But the fact that people are willing to steam him up into the dead zone means that I'm probably not going to have exposure to him. Yeah. Um, but I think people listening to this that might be in, you know, home leagues and whatnot, I'm going to draft the hell out of Pacheco in those leagues. I just think I like, I like the potential opportunity. I just think that when you start talking about Pacheco in the, in the seventh and eighth round, um, you're kind of drafting him at a at a peak he might not hit, um, and you're passing up guys that could potentially really return a lot. So I'm not anti-Pacheco. I'm super happy to have him um, on the pros versus Joe's team and, and a bunch of dynasty teams. Um, but I'm going to kind of sit back and, and not, like, reach to get him at this point. Yeah, I guys, think that's the important thing is you just you can't be reaching for him, you know. And if you're if you're going up in the sixth round, that's reaching. Probably the ninth round is reaching. Especially, um, yeah. So twelfth round, something like that. That you know, that to me is a little bit more palatable because you're down in the you know Darrell Henderson can can gain well, you know that sort of tier. And you know, I think it makes a little bit more sense to maybe you know roll him in with those guys. Give me all the gain well. Guys, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> just, just uh, moving forward, just to let you guys know, if you're listening or watching right now, any of our um, special exclusive sign-up promos that we have, we've got the link in the, the description of the show. We're going to add uh, Fantasy Mojo's, the link to his site, uh, in there as well after we, we uh, get off the screen. So you guys can find that down there. And we've got a lot more of these sweet charts that Darren put together for us. If we look... Going, you know, let's say the next few guys. Is there anyone that stands out? I know, I know, I see some of my favorites, some of Dan's favorites. Theo Wandell Robinson is one of my most known guys. I know Nico Collins. Um, I think I, that I think that the McKenzie um, shows, like what Darren was talking about, of how educated drafters are right now and how quick they are to react. How up to, to date news. they are. Yeah, yeah. Like the McKenzie, you get the beat reporters uh, talking about his usage in the slot. You have Josh Allen say something positive about him. Um, we remember how, how effective he was last year when he saw uh, work opportunity, and he just completely dusted Jamison Crowder um, in terms of being drafted and, uh, it seems like, on the field. And usually you would see, like, this kind of news, like, kind of linger where maybe people wouldn't react till, like, mid-August. But, like, what Darren shows, like, I was in a main event the other night, and I think McKenzie was, like, a 12th-round pick. Um like, you're not getting McKenzie cheap. Um, people are going to take him. And the fact that he's on Darren's list here means, you know, he might potentially touch the 10th round. And I think people are willing to bet on a guy like that becoming like a Cole Beasley type where 
we might not have seen that kind of steam, um, you know, two years ago. So I think that's interesting to me. And I also think that, you know, the, the fact that guys like Jalen Warren pop up in on the, on the draft. He looked good, man. He looked good in the, I don't know if you guys saw that Pittsburgh game, but he looked, he looked impressive to me. He actually looked better to me than McFarlane. I think that's a, that's a reasonable bet to make. And I think that the Steelers staff, um, likes him. They're having him carry a football. He had a fumble. They're having him carry a football around with him. Um, like he was, um, <laughs> like he was the, the guy in the program. He was Omar in the, nice, uh, in the program. Nice, nice. He's carrying the, the football around camp. I, they don't do that to guys they're going to cut. So I think he's got a real shot. He reminded me a bit of James Conner. Like he looks like a guy that could totally take it. If he, you know, if, if uh, God forbid there was an injury or something, um, Dan, who do you like on here? Uh, anyone stand out? specifically with this this list we have on the screen? Yeah, I mean, you know, somebody like Amir Abdullah makes a lot of sense to me because if he does get the the role that, um, you know, the the passing, you know, James White role, whatever you want to call it, in uh, the, the Raiders offense, I think that's a very valuable role. And it's also something we're going to find out pretty quick. Uh, you know, with a lot of these guys, I'm, I'm kind of looking to find out quick, uh, am I going to be in or out on them? You know, I'll go ahead and draft them, but then, you know, it, in a couple weeks, I just don't want to end up with somebody that I'm I'm too paranoid to cut, but I'm also too paranoid to put in my starting lineup. Uh, for me, Isaiah McKenzie kind of probably fits in that range. Like I don't see myself drafting a lot of him, just because I don't really see a ton of upside there. What I you know what I see for upside for him is a, a guy who can be a bi week filler, and you know at at uh, you know round thirteen or whatever, I would rather draft a wide receiver. That I think you know, has a chance to really break out and be more of a star, you know, like an Alec Pierce or something like that. So, uh, you know, I, I attend uh, KJ Hamler, you know, going around later. Uh, Nico Collins going just a little bit earlier. You know, guys guys like that, I think, are a little bit more palatable to me anyway. Uh, what do you guys think about that? No, I'm with you. I mean, I like a few of those guys more than, uh, more than McKenzie as well. Um, Definitely on Nico Collins, uh, but I, I think you know there's a there's a chance like you know having 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 a exposure to the to the Buffalo offense might might make me like him a little bit more. But yeah, I'm probably with you, Dan. Um, I, I I mean I love Nico Collins. That's no secret, um, and I definitely would take him ahead. Nico Collins, Brevin Jordan, love that stack. Nice yeah. and cheap. Fantasy Mojo, anything to add uh, with the with the risers before we move on to uh, to the guys going the other way? Well, just going off of, going off of what Dan was saying, like you know, you, you want to find out quick, and the cheaper the guy is during the draft, like if he was seventeenth or eighteenth, you can cut him and move on. Probably, if you've invested eighth, ninth round pick in Isaiah Pacheco. That's going to kill you if you decide to to cut him loose that early. The draft capital that you spent on that guy, so you're so you're you're like painted yourself in a corner almost. Eighth, ninth round. I mean, you're probably going to have to hold on to him, and you're probably going to wait it out like maybe two, three weeks at least to see if just because you spent so much on him. You know, it's just like in the NFL, like they spend first round draft capital guys. They keep they keep them around longer. Whereas if you came in as you know a later round pick, they don't care. They'll cut you. You know, that's kind of the reality of the situation. So it's a, it's a dicey game to play with, um, with, with, with pushing some of those guys up so far. 
so quick, you know, so. And, so. and it's, it's the whole, you know, especially the big tournaments, it's the whole deodorant thing, right? Like if you were getting McKenzie in the, in the 20th round, in the 20th round, 20s, you know, right. guys that are in the same tournament as you got, had him in the 20th and you're drafting him, you know, in the 10th, 11th round, maybe even sooner that that's, that's a big advantage to those other teams. So right. for me, it's, it's always the, the Walmart deodorant, uh, you know, example i just can't pay that price at that point when they get when they you know especially when i was paying 10 rounds cheaper uh on the back end right guys the, la the last name uh, on your list uh darren ramondre stevenson who was getting drafted um but he's he still made a huge rise up and i just think the interesting thing about him is how he's leapfrogged damian harris now um and i think that's the, the correct thing but it's still like you know, a guy who had 15 touchdowns last year and is healthy has been leapfrogged um, because of, you know, I think that's another, it's just showing how drafters are, are getting smarter and they're not as locked in. Like Damian Harris would have been draft like Dan, Damian Harris coming off of a 15 touchdown season five years ago oh. is getting drafted round, in like round three, right? Yeah, round three. And people are just able to avoid it. They're able to see the flaws smart some analysts are, are getting smarter and then some drafters are just getting smarter and all of a sudden damian harris is is like a ninth rounder and ramondre stevenson is the seventh rounder because we're hoping for that upside i just think that's super interesting and i think there was some talk of damian harris maybe being traded so yeah that, maybe that yeah. fed into it a little bit so yeah i i feel when when the when the difference is like a couple rounds it's not as dramatic i don't have that same kind of you know walmart deodorant type of thing because it's, you know, you can, there's guys, like we said earlier, maybe they're reaching or whatever reason. Uh, but I definitely love getting Stevenson as my RB4 in like a, you know, fragile RB build. Uh, he's, he's definitely a, a good value, but he is kind of climbing up now. So you kind of hope that he doesn't go up too high. Um, let's look at the, uh, the guys going the other way, Darren, the fallers. Uh, you know, what's your first thought? What's the first thing you, you want to point out to our, our audience? So, yeah, it's the same thing. You know, these are the guys that they, this is where they went in those July 4th drafts versus where they are now. And obviously, Tim Patrick got injured. So a bunch of dudes spent a 12th round pick on him and like <laughs> they're going to be waiting for waivers to fill that spot. And then right after him are the sort of the sad sacks like everybody hates Ronald Jones now. You know, it's, it's the the, the anti-Pacheco um, sentiment. And then poor Russell Gage. I think he's getting a bad rap. I like. I think he's still going to contribute. He's injured now, um, but I think, I mean, eleventh round. Maybe I'm biased. I just like Russell Gage. I don't know. Um, Van yeah, Jefferson. He's, he's, Either he's, that, he's, or you, you know, I mean, Julio Jones is uh, not exactly the most durable player right. anymore. Like so. how long before he's like questionable yeah. with a hamstring? I, I, I think of an old age home, Dan, when I, like Julio was my first crush as a rookie. Like I loved Julio. I was obsessed with him as a rookie and I love what he gave us, but let's face it, man. He's, he's what they call over the hill. You know, I mean, so, so is Brady. And we say that, but I don't know. It's hard to, I, I love gauge too. And I love the fact Darren, that he's actually dropping in, in value. Yeah. So get take the discount. If you've been Alex agrees, him. Alex Keaton agrees. I don't think Julio's dust um, like Alex does. Um, and shout out to the chat. The chat is awesome tonight. Chat um, is fire tonight. Love you guys. Yep. But I do think like Russell Gage, it's, it's, a, it's an overcorrection. Um, and I think that you guys kind of hit the nail on the head. There's a lot of receivers in, in Tampa who are a little older. 
Um, plus Godwin with his injury history, we don't know how much he's going to play. So I think it just could be a, a, you know, you're able to use guys because other guys are missing and maybe they don't have their full wide receiver core at full strength most weeks. Um, but you're going to want that. There's the, the tight end position is dry. There's, there's Cameron Braid out there. Who's not somebody who's putting scaring anybody. Kyle Rudolph's not scaring anybody. So I think the targets are going to go to the running backs and wide receivers. So I think Russell Gage, it might be an overcorrection because, um, you know, people sure as hell liked him before Julio got there and it, Julio got there. And now it's, it's like, you know, like you said, he's going super late. So to me, it's an overcorrection. What, what I find interesting on your list there, and I'm looking at these rookie running backs on here. Uh, you've got Snoop Connor, Tyler Be- uh, Beatty or Batty. Keontae Ingram. I mean, these guys, you know, especially with the, with the rookie fever after the, the rookie drafts and all that were, you know, guys were taking them uh, late in, in, in drafts. What, what are your thoughts on these guys? Is it just because we haven't seen what we wanted so far in preseason? Like why, why do you think these guys are drafting drafting? Is it just, again, just fantasy land being up to, to date and have their ear to the ground with what's going on in the, in the, on the depth charts? I mean, yeah, a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, camp opening and, and people actually – these were these were the shiny new toys without actually seeing anything in camp. And then, you know, there's not much buzz around these guys. So I, I mean, think- the guy's name is Snoop Connor right there. And, I mean, how can you not get excited? Come on. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, just people move on to the next shiny toy and um, these guys aren't it. This is not to say that – you know, Beatty, maybe he's still – there's still a lot of question marks in, in Baltimore, so um, I wouldn't, you know, give up on him, but you can get him cheaper. Um, but, yeah, so many other rookie run- – like we saw Jalen Warren, right? I mean, it's just like who's the, who's the hot guy? Yeah. And, again, this, this, this is later ADPs from the past two days, so it really is like recency bias of, okay, I saw this happen in camp, and then it just like – it translates to draft rooms like immediately, you know? I want to ask before I go to the obvious guy at the, at the bottom there, I got to ask, cause Dan, Dan was huge on Terrace, Terrace Marshall. Um, uh, Baker has become one of my favorite. Like if I miss on QB and I can get one late, like I find like he still hasn't moved up enough. I, I really like where he is right now at value is Terrace Marshall uh, maybe that second year. And maybe Danny can start with the answer or are we just kind of chasing our tails from last year? Uh, I, this guy's free right now and you see it on here is there any hope for this guy uh, with baker in in town in carolina yeah i think there's definitely hope i mean he was he was kind of banged up last year um you know there there are certainly some big red flags he threw up last year as well but uh you know the price that he costs right now which is basically last round of pretty much any draft um uh, yeah he's he's somebody that i'm trying to rotate in as a guy that i'm just taking a flyer on uh you know, so I, I think he's pretty interesting there. Like I, I really, I think probably rather draft a guy like him than maybe, um, you know, uh, again, you know, it kind of comes down to the same thing, but Jamison Crowder, you know, who I'm going to have to spend a little bit more on. And, uh, you know, I no upside. I, I don't <laughs> see the upside really yeah. as much. Yeah. Um, Theo, you, you put out some, even, you know, whether it was in the chats or, or some, some polls on Twitter, about our boy Gibson and you know, he's dropping. You, you did some tests out there in dynasty for a second round pick. Uh, maybe I was over, I was over three. I was let, but, three. Okay. Let, let the people know that, but you also let them know how the poll turned out and what your thoughts are on 
Gibson, because he's a hot topic right now. I, I mean, um, Robinson, you know, everybody's on Robinson. Like we're talking about the hot new toy. Is Gibson out? Is he good value? What, what's what's your thought right now on the running back? So it seems like the the Washington coaching staff, I'll give you kind of the 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 negatives and the positives. The, the Washington coaching staff um, seems to be really souring on Gibson, and they're doing so in the media. He's called out by Rivera and Scott Turner um, in the opening preseason game. <laughs> He uh, fumbled, and then he and then he was benched. And Brian Robinson came in and played very, very well. We all know the amount of money they gave J.D. McKissick. So Gibson, they actually had him out there running with the third team, kind of like a lesson learned type thing. Um, and nobody's gonna gonna accuse the Washington coaching staff of just being like the sharpest guys in the room either. Um, this seems like kind of like an old school punitive thing. Um, but it continued this week where Turner called him out for fumbling. And now Gibson is being put on special teams first as like a gunner where he's not going to be the special teams gunner, but they said the special teams coach likes to have a, uh, a running back in the gunner position. So they put Gibson out there. It's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Then they also have him playing punt returner, playing kick returner, like basically sending him a message. Um, the markets reacted very quickly. Like Darren has said, um, Brian Robinson is not going like, you know, a rocket ship up, but he's a solid 11th rounder, probably headed to the 10th round. Um, I drafted him the other night in the main at the, in the 11th round, but I don't know. The whole thing seems a little overblown with Gibson. Like, shout out to the Guilds, who's a really sharp FFPC drafter. Um, he's he's still, you know, not completely uh, off of Gibson, and, and he actually has some exposure to Gibson probably in the 6th and 7th round. Um, so I don't know. At the end of the day, I don't think Washington has enough playmakers that they can phase out Antonio mm -hmm. Gibson. Gibson has averaged 14 points per game for two consecutive seasons, fantasy-wise. So, like, he's been a productive player, but he fumbles. Just Rivera, make him walk around with the ball, man. Don't they yeah. Don't they watch? So, Come on. So, here, here's my thought on fumbles. Gibson. If, if you're just, you know, if he's going to go in the eighth round, ninth round, like he's been going lately, then just grab both. Just grab him yes. and Brian Robinson. Grab yeah. them both wait and see what happens it, it, it's just and you can, you it, can at this point that yeah. really isn't you know you, you haven't spent too much draft capital on the one position from the one team would you do it Shut in up. both redraft and and best ball dan or or is that just uh redraft you're talking about so that you can adjust it going into the as we get more clarity i'm a little more inclined to do it in redraft but i wouldn't you know depending on the price of gibson uh, and, and the price of Robinson at the time, you know, like what, what was happening in the draft room, you know, if, if Gibson drafts to the back half of the ninth round and I can still get Robinson in the back half of the 11th round, I'd probably do it. Shout out to Wayne Ellis, a really sharp NFFC drafter. Um, <laughs> I'm loving the who, chat who today. Wants Gibson on somebody else's team. And Wayne, I, 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 right now I would rather, you know, I would rather have Robinson in the 11th round than like Gibson in the seventh round. But I think that Dan has some, has a point there. Um, I think that, like, Dan had a lot of success with this last year, Dan drafting the two Buffalo backs. Um, mm -hmm. And you end up really, really hitting on Devin Singletary um, with that build. Washington doesn't have quite the offense, but they don't have a lot of playmakers. A running back is going to be used. Um, it could be an ugly, ugly committee. Um, or more likely than not, I think one of those guys is going to kind of pull away with it. But I don't know. It's a little depressing um to have i have gibson on an important dynasty team um and you know you couldn't you couldn't really sell him the, my the poll that jd was talking about was 
we put random 2023 second round pick in Dynasty or Antonio Gibson, and Gibson ended up winning 54 to 46. It might have been because Dan had to use a couple of his burner accounts on Twitter to really push <laughs> Gibson over the edge at the end. That's my theory, but it was it was close. Dude, I was just making burner account after a burner account all day yesterday. You totally sapped my productivity. So that's it. Theo, Theo got the the, the air horn finally fired up. Got, got to get it go. fired up at least once to warm it up. Dude, uh, Aaron, what do, what do you think on, about it? My thought on pairing those guys, like if you spend like a ninth and then like an eleventh, would if you do that in a best ball, one of those guys has to really explode. Both of them can't be like you know, 10 to 15 point guys, that's not going to help you. Like think last year, if like for, if you took Fournette and then you took maybe, I don't know, maybe they like a geo or whoever was like Vaughn other, yeah. or Keyshawn Vaughn. Well, Fournette totally went nuts and it worked. But if, if they're just both kind of middling guys, then it's not going to help you. So it's probably better in a redraft. And then you just discard the one that's kind of, you know, going to be a jag. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of why I asked the question. It's always, you know, I'm I'm the anti handcuff on, on this show, so that's why I was asking. Well, uh, yeah, most of the time, that's the way you should be too. So, all right, anyone else, guys? We I, I see my boy Tanyan at the bottom there. Irv Smith and Tanyan are two of my favorite, probably most owned tight ends uh, with Alberto thrown in there. Uh, anyone else stand out to you guys? On Irv here? Smith's interesting. Irv Smith's interesting. I don't know what you guys like think, but he was. He had like an injury, but he's going to be there for week one. Do you think right. this is kind of an overcorrection? Um, Dan, you're the Minnesota guy. Yeah, I definitely think that's an overcorrection. I, th I think uh, Tommy's probably going to start swinging back the other way now that he's been cleared to practice. Um, you know, and and one I don't really understand is Marty Rogers going. I mean, there's not a big difference from 18.1 to undrafted, but, uh, you know, we, we still don't know how things are going to shake out in Green Bay at all. So especially for uh, best balls, you know, Rodgers is somebody I'm very happy to put on the end of my teams. And I think people have given up on the Tampa Bay uh, tight end situation. Yeah. First, first there's like, okay, Gronk retired, then everybody got on break. And yeah, now it's just like, yeah. forget it. You know, it's like. <laughs> that, for like a short period of time, you're throwing in the, the Gronkowski's at the end of the draft thinking, oh, yeah. he's going to come back. He's gonna I, come I, I think when they signed Rudolph, that was every, when everybody threw the cards in and said, you know, <laughs> yeah, they just give up. They're trolling, <laughs> us, they're trolling us, trolling us with that off signing. Uh, all right. Anyone else before we go, uh, we move on here? All no, right, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty predicted there. All right, Darren. Talk to us uh, as I adjust my screen here so we can show all the goodness at once. Talk to us about yeah, what we're looking at. Yeah, a little bit. So this list here is guys that are going to be available. Um, well, it, it's it's the ownership of these players. And I ha on the site, I had like – I took every player drafted so far in the main event, the football guys, the early best ball tourney, and the, the current best ball tourney. And I have the ownership listed. So you can see, like, in the main event, uh, like, let's look at the bottom. So Dubs. Dubs has only been drafted in 72% of the mains. He's been drafted in 53% of the football guys. Hmm. So that means he's – that if you look in your waivers, you know, free agents, those guys are going to be available. Those are the hot guys right wow. now that are available to pick up via waivers. Wow. Um, 
A, lo- a lot of loads are going to get blown in that first week. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. This is where the money's going to flow. Um, Pickens was was undrafted. That must have been like five or six drafts early on in the football, guys. He's at he's at ninety seven percent. So, and then Pacheco, he's he's available in fifty percent of the football guys, and he's available probably like uh, I guess that's thirty seven percent of the which is crazy because that's only a month. Now, what's somebody going to spend on Pacheco? In, in that first waiver run. And, you know, the interesting thing is you're going to have to, like, make a call. Like, that first waiver run is going to happen before you know what happens in the first game of the year. So you're going to blow 900 on Pacheco, and then he's, like, inactive or something? I mean, then you're going to – you know, that's going to be – that's going to be uh, – that's going to be crazy. Um, you're just- going to see some wild, wild bids on uh, on Pacheco. Oh, yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I think if I was some... in a league where Pacheco was on the waiver wire, I would be hoping somebody blows $900 and just takes themselves out of, uh, you know, free agency for the rest of the year. You you almost wish wish that the, the first waiver was sooner because there's a chance that this whole hype thing kind of deflates a bit before, you know, we actually get to the to week one. I don't. I want all the time I can to put <laughs> waivers that are coming because it's, it's the worst. It's the worst part of. Uh, I mean, grinding grinding fab like it's a it's something that you kind of enjoy as like a labor of love, but it's not something you enjoy when you're actually typing it in. Nope. Yeah, it's really not something I enjoy with that preseason run, where I'm simultaneously trying to draft in all these leagues, cut down my dynasty rosters, <laughs> and you know sit there and, and go through and uh, get in all my first fab bids as well. Uh, and, that, and, my that wife says men and, and my wife says men can't multitask, right? Come on. Right. Come exactly. on man. In, in our, in our hard, I have it open just cause I have the hardware league in our hardware league, Pacheco dubs. Yeah. Where uh, do we get, where do we get them? Nico Const- oh no. They're all available on, on waivers. This, oh, this is that uh, best ball hard way. Uh, but the, the pros versus Joes, do you oh, know oh. Where, where we got them when we got them? Uh, oh, pros versus Pacheco, Joes, we got them 20th, 20th round. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. And we got Alec Pierce also. He's starting to move up a little bit. Yep. Um, we got him super late. So we, we did pretty well. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I think they're all free agents in the hard way football guys league. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. There's going to be some interesting. It's going to be. I was one. just going to say it's going to be interesting to see that uh, that first wave wire go through. Yeah, with, for, with a, for a May draft, yeah. there's going to be like 50 transactions. <laughs> Without, I want, I want to see which one of them scoundrels scoundrels himself on. <laughs> yeah, Scout, scoundrels putting 950 on on Pacheco as we speak. Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, Old there were some crazy bids last year. In, in, in that league in the first run, I was like, wow, like these, some of these guys are like going, going crazy. I, I'm not, I don't usually do that, but um, I think Hubbard's a guy who will, who will, you know, pay up for somebody if he feels strongly about it. So we'll see. So before we get to, to the, the top secret part of the show, and, and by the way, if you're watching and you want us to even show this information, you better smash the like button right now or we ain't showing shit. We're going to put it behind, uh, what do they call Paywall? We don't do paywalls <laughs> here, but we can figure You're going to have to out. Venmo. We Venmo can figure that yeah, out. So we, we, yeah, you can Venmo us. We'll send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, seriously, guys, that's, uh, we, we don't ask for much, man. We bring you the best 
on the planet when it comes to fantasy football, whether it's players, resources, or, or analysts, and, and we don't ask for much. So just smash the like, the subscribe. We appreciate it. Share with your friends, not your league mates, but your friends. We, you know, we, we don't want you to lose because they're, they're watching the show. Before you hit that page, I, I'll, I'll put a plug in for my site here. Do it. So every year people are like, how much should I bid? Like you're going to get that question like a million times, you know, when, when, when they have to place their waiver bids. So one of the things that we have on the site is all the waiver run data for previous years in FFPC. So you can go to our site and you can look, go to, to you know, week one of the, the first, uh, the, the first waiver run, which is actually before the season starts. And you can see what the results are. And it's basically, it's market data that you can use, right? So I, I can look and see, well, who, what, what did the top receiver go for last year? Right. in that first waiver run. And you'll see the distribution. Well, like uh, 80 percent of the bids were like between one and three hundred. And then you had the outlier knuckleheads it, like Marquez Callaway is the guy. There was two guys who bid, you know, nine seventy. And then like the rest fell from one to three hundred. But you can see like it's a it's like a heat map. You can see like where the bids are going to fall and you can use that to help you place your bids for this year. You don't have to just guess like there's actual historical data that you can use to help make decisions guys go check it out fantasymojo.com it's a no-brainer and that's just another reason on top of all the other goodness we've pointed out throughout this show shout out to cody uh in the chat he's he's loving the pachico <laughs> everybody's loving it right now uh this time of year that the hype is real so let's jump in the goodness um i'll drop this on the um on the screen and and let our peeps know what we're looking at All right. So what you're looking at here, I, I went in and I looked at all of the winning waiver bids for uh, for last year. And there's like this this psychology of people like when they're entering their bids. Like what 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 dollar amount do you, do you put in there? And so what this chart shows you is I looked at the winning bids and like what was the last number of the winning bid? So. I might put in $10, $18, whatever. 34% of the winning bids ended in the number one. So people put in 21, 31, 41. That's the way like people are thinking when they do this. So knowing that, you probably want to pick a different dollar amount. So you can see four and six represented 5% each. So if 33% of the people are, are entering waiver bids that end in $1, be the guy who ends it in four or six. And that's just a tiny edge that you can use. Interesting. To help. To help no one, no one, no way, no podcast in America. Is that is you awesome. More valuable information that is than, awesome. Than looking at Dan, right Dan, how many times have we talked about this exact thing? I, I'm a, I think I'm an eight guy and you're no, what are you? I'm, I'm a three, eight guy. You're I'm a three, eight guy. A three eight I'm guy, an eight but, guy. Um, yeah. This, this kind of gives me a little bit of pause on that. Cause yeah, I mean, it's, you know, part of it is, you know, uh, 34% of that's crazy. Winning. That's a third of the bids. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I'm you, a, I'm, I, like I'm, what percentage of people are making bids with that as their last number? Cause I bet that percentage is, you know, well, I, I don't have, higher. I don't have the losing bids, but I, I feel like it still represents the the cross section of bids, you know, across. It's not like it's not like oh, well, one one more. I think it's still, you know, if, if we were to, to extrapolate that over all the bids, I feel like it would be the same way. And it's just like 
it's it's people typing on the keyboard, right? It's mm-hmm. what's what's the most convenient thing? Oh, 31. Does it one dollar is higher than like 30? I don't know what's going on in their minds, but this is what people are doing. Um, I always have the ex- I always have the expression friends don't let friends and and a fab bid in a nine. But I guess <laughs> that like, shirt's being made, by the way. Yeah, that's it's a it's a good one, but um the nine, which you always feel like is the you know, correct me, correct my French, JD, but it's the no balls kind of bid because um, you're not willing to cross the round number. Um, I feel like zero is the the lazy the lazy person who just wants to rush through fab. And, five, <laughs> and I and I thought that five was the lazy man's fab number, but apparently five is sharper than zero, nine, eight, seven. But one one is one is the is the winning fab bid. Kyle, That's it. Kyle is asking, does that include one dollar bids? No, because. Um... I only looked at uh, bids over ten dollars. Okay. So, but if I included those, I mean one dollar. That that that's a separate analysis. That would um, probably ramp that number up. I would imagine to like oh big time because yeah one dollar. When I do when I do less than bids less than ten bucks, I always put in like uh, six unless my budget is down to like you know eight dollars. But I try and just be the guy like because knowing most people are going to put one. I'll put something higher than that. And um, shout out to Dave and Dave in the chat. I that that does make sense, Dave. Like, why is two, two not? Yeah, but above the one, it's, right? It's not. It's it's one. One. If you're not ending, if you're not in your fab bids in, in a one after seeing this, then I don't know what what you're doing. Guys, what what channel is giving you this? T- like, we're looking for every edge possible, right? We're all degenerates. We're all drafting like crazy right now. It's August. We're watching this show. What show? What channel is giving you? This kind of detail. Oh, wait a minute. To getting no, an edge. The single dollar bids are included in this. They are included. Oh, yeah. There you go. I think there's another. There's another stat that I'm going to give you that where I only looked at. Is this this is this is and this is football guys and and mains. This this was the entire universe of FFPC waivers. So it's the classics as well. That's awesome. Anything where you're placing waiver wire and, bids. and also and also dynasty. So anybody yep. watching this show. Any format you're doing, yeah, this is this is covering you. This is best this ball is redraft dynasty. Stuff. Yep. And how many? Well, I know you can't. Ball, but... I know you. Some people might not be familiar with the FFPC, and they might not necessarily be familiar with your site. But if you had to ballpark guess how many leagues this is drawing from, Darren, you're talking about an absurd number of leagues. It's thousands of leagues. Thousands and thousands. Yeah, I mean, dynasty, you got like a thousand, and then. Um, football guys was that's like that was eleven hundred, so you're that's thousands right there. And then you got the, the there's you'd be surprised how many classic leagues there are. Those thirty five dollar classics, man, they fill a ton of those things. Really? Um, yeah. So it's not just high stakes. Like people are doing it. Like it's it's like it's weird. Like nobody does them till June, and then. All of a sudden, like the floodgates open and the whole world's doing thirty-five hour classics. I'm, that's kind of shocking. Well, this is amazing information. That this is yeah. this is more than I thought you would bring tonight. This is this is awesome. Right. Appreciate that, uh, Darren, and I'm sure the, the audience appreciates it, guys. Shows your show your appreciation, Darren. Go check out the site, Fantasy Mojo. It's a must subscribe, and for the price, I mean, it's peanuts, man. Like it's a no brainer. Uh, yeah, it's a small investment. Yeah. I mean, if you're a high stakes player, and I mean, you're hesitant about. <laughs> that minimal, I don't know. You get priorities uh, maybe not in the right place. 
Um, Unless your name is Kevin Wheeler and you're just cheap. No, I'm kidding. He, he told us that the other day. That's the only reason I throw it out there. But you're I, I the got, best. you're the best Wheeler. You're the best. We love Wheeler, man. He's, he's our, boy. I got one other uh, waiver wire bid uh, stat for you. So when I looked at, I, I looked at the, the other lazy way that people enter bids is still put in doubles. They'll put in 11, 22, 33, 44, or they'll do 12, 23, you know, cause it's physically close on the keyboard, 45, 56, like the second number is one more than the first. And those bids that were either double or like uh, one above $1 amount, those were, those winning bids were 30% of all of the bids were the winning bids were either um, doubles or the number plus one. And that should have been like, and that, that, the the number the, the number the amount of numbers in that set is like it's like 18 percent of the numbers so you know you've got the doubles so that's 11 to 99 ending so there's there's nine there and then there's eight more that are like 12 23 34 so, that, so that's 17 percent, but almost double the amount of winning bids um in relation to like what those numbers are, it's, it's 30%. So don't do that. Don't put 23, don't put 30, put 37, put 38. Like it's not comfortable, but everybody's just doing what's, what's easy, especially if you're mass entering waiver wire bids, that's what's happening. Now people are double tapping the, the keyboard. Right. And, and, and the other thing is too, I mean, you know, if you're not in too many leagues, you can just look and see what different people are doing for their winning bids. Uh, you know, like a lot of times, you know, certain players will always in their bids in a, you know, a, a six or a three or whatever. And if you know that, and if you think you might be going up against that particular player uh, for, you know, well, against that, that particular owner for a player, then, you know, take that and use that to your advantage. Just go one higher than what they're going. If that's your, your biggest competition. Right. You can look at the failed bids for that, for a person. Right. Um, when that's, that's next level analysis and you may not have that luxury of time, but you can certainly do that. Let, before we go to the, uh, I'm going to pull your ADP there. Frank's got a question with regards to Pacheco and Pickens. Uh, we'll start with you, Darren, any, any guess as to how the bidding will go? The winning, the average winning bid is what he's asking. If it was today, I think you'd see a handful of, of 900 bids. And I think the average winning bid would probably be like between six and 700 if it was today. So, and then Pickens probably a little bit less, um, maybe like four to 500 I'm thinking. And then, uh, you know, a handful 700 and above. Cause there's always knuckleheads running around that I've seen people bid a thousand. Like they don't even know the rules. Like, what do you think this is? You get a thousand per week. I don't understand it. <laughs> um so we'll see but i think there's going to be other there'll be other waiver wire runs in other leagues outside of ffpc that can give you some sort of insight into what those bids will be so i wanted to pull up your adp here um this is the ffpc main event draft and guys myffpc.com there's a, a link in the in the comments or in the description below It'll hook you up with a free sign-up bonus, uh, an exclusive sign-up bonus. Go check it out. Go sign up. Honestly, guys, like there's no format of fantasy football that you're not going to find on there from $5 entries all the way up to like 10 grand or whatever. 
uh, the, the ceiling is. I'm not rich enough to play in the nosebleeds like Dan and Theo, but uh, it gets up there. So go check it out, guys. Right now, all the tournaments are popping, whether it's the best ball tourney, 125 buy-in, 200,000 for first. You can play for 500 grand in the football, guys. You can play for a uh, million dollars in the main event. You can play literally any kind of fantasy football you can think of, dynasty, redraft, and best ball. Go check them out. Uh, tell them we sent you. Sent you, um, Darren, I pulled this up because what's fascinating me and, and actually – it worked out because I didn't think it would show up this way on this board. I pulled up the main event draft board, the latest August one, the ADP. And I wanted to ask you, what are you seeing after those first five? Like there's that first five tier. I think, I, I don't know. I know like myself, the, the guys on the screen, I think as well, uh, or that would be like our first tier. It, what are you seeing after that? Do you seeing a lot of variety? Are you starting to see a trend building? What, what, what are you seeing in the, the, you know, the six, seven, eight, nine spots? You tend to see Kelsey and Eckler consistency with it, you know, consistently within the first ten, somewhere in there. But the rest of those guys, I mean, Cook Cook tends to stay in the in the first. But any of those guys between one hundred eight and uh, two hundred six, like up up to Aaron Jones, they're yeah. completely mixed. It's going to be, you know, they might go in the end of the first. They might last at two hundred five. It's 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 kind of so the top three tight ends, the top six receivers, and then your running backs going all the way to Aaron Jones is, is yeah, kind of they're kind of just mixed in there. And then like things really sort of like stabilize when you get to that two three turn, you, you usually see the same guys there. Um, and then the other thing, which is money, every time is at the end of the third. So the fourth and the fifth rounds are always heavy heavy tight ends. So. If you don't, you got to know that if you're drafting it between the 10th and the 12th spot, that a, a huge tight end run is coming um, once that fourth round starts. And you better grab, not a huge tight end, a huge wide receiver run. The wide receivers are going between four. Back to the fourth and then coming around to the fifth. There's, it's all wide receivers. Um, so you need to get a wide receiver there or the uh, I call it the, the swamp gets drained. Um, of wide receivers by the time it comes back at the end of the fifth. Um, I had two questions for you. First, maybe you could comment on Saquon Barkley, who seems to be rising. I know I, I just took Saquon Unbelievable. In, a football, in a football guys at the 10 overall, um, <laughs> and I think that he's going higher. Where, I, where do you anticipate Saquon's ADP will be by the time we draft in Vegas? And then my another question I have um, is the one spot. We see the one spot going running back, wide receiver, wide receiver. Um, you see some of the mix in wide receivers, but it seems like that's like an extremely common build. I know I've done it, um, and I get the reasoning behind it, but do you think that people should be mixing up more uh, in terms of position structure when they get the one-on-one? You're talking about rounds two or two and three. Theo? Yeah, yeah. You, excuse me. Sorry, I meant the two. I meant the two three. So target. you meant running back, then receiver, receiver is the concept. Yeah, it I'm seems in, yeah. like you you take Taylor or McCaffrey, and then you take two wide receivers. It's the most common approach to the one spot, and I'm just curious if that's kind of how Darren's seeing it as well. I, I mean, most recently, I'm I'm seeing a lot of running back there at the end of the second. Um, Fournette, a lot of Camara. I was going to say, yeah, Fournette, Javante, um, ETN. 
ETN is shown in the middle of the third here, but it seems like every time I look at a board, he's, you know, late second. Yeah. Um, and that, but that's it, that. it is a tight pocket of like maybe four or five guys that kind of go um, in that spot. Tyreek's Tyreek is almost always there. Um, so that that's that build that I was talking about earlier with that the double running back and then just smash receiver and then other positions. Uh, once you've got your two studs, even from those early spots with which, which, like you said, Theo is usually the spot where you want to leverage having JT or, or CMC with the receivers in the next few rounds. The smart guys are calling that two running back and then ignore running back by modal running back building JD. <laughs> I can't keep up. I can't keep up, man. Keep up Between the translation and French and, and, you know, being a dumb guy, I just, uh, it's too much, man. But the, the thing I'll do before I have a draft is I'll go to the site. And again, the, when I built the site, it was just the stuff I built for myself, you know, that I used to help, to help me draft. And then I was like, well, I think everybody's probably going to benefit from seeing this stuff. But anyway, so like if I do a football, football guys draft tonight, first thing I'll do is I'm going to go back and look at the completed drafts from yesterday. So there'll probably be like five or six lies and I'll look at the boards for those. And that really just kind of, that gets you up to speed really fast. Well, okay. you, you even have – my favorite thing is just going to the last five. Like, that's how great this well, that, site is, that's, guys. You, that's you, the ADP. But if you go up top to the to the draft boards – Oh, I see. August, I see what you're saying. Yes, draft. yes, I see what you're saying. There it is. And then, well, you got best balls up there. But if you scroll down, you'll hit football, guys. And they see that – and then it, look over on the right, it says completed, right? So that tells me – that's a live draft. Then I'll click on the draft board, the one to the left of that, the next. And then it just brings up, I mean, every draft board that the FFPC runs online is here. So you can look up the most recent one is what you're saying as opposed yeah. to just looking at the average. And it, the, the one thing you don't get from looking at ADP is it doesn't convey builds, right? You got to yeah. look at the draft boards to get a sense of uh, what is a guy. And see, and look at this one you popped up right here. This guy did three running backs from, from the one spot. And that's, that's what a I'm great a point, Darren. Great yeah. point. That's a fault that I had. See, I was pulling up ADP, and that's actually a good point because this actually relates more to the builds and getting to see. Uh, yeah, the ADP board is purely just. But having board. both, I think having both up is is the key to to having the information you need going into the draft. Right. Sometimes I'll pull up an actual draft, um, but it depends. You know, everybody works differently, but we've got the data all different ways, so people can you know do what they like the best. Oh, it's awesome, man. It's it's uh it's invaluable if you're uh like we said doing any kind of fantasy football. Um, I'm just curious, Dan and JD, maybe just going back to the Saquon. Do you see him rising further, Dan? Yeah, like jumping definitely. Eckler, jumping Eckler, Kelsey, maybe. Um, I maybe I don't know if he'll jump Eckler. I don't know if he'll jump Kelsey, but I think he'll be in that range. Uh, you know, like on occasion he might, but. I, I don't think we're going to get to the point where we see Saquon consistently going above Eckler and Kelsey. I could be wrong, but I, I don't think so. I could I could totally see him, Theo, going in that three spot. Yeah, but yeah, seeing those three guys getting kind of mixed up a little bit, for sure. I think it'd be tough. I mean, I, I don't know that he can really – he's consistently going – like the ninth or tenth is about as early as he's going right now. Yeah. Without right. seeing him in preseason, I don't know what else would push him over the edge. Yeah, I think it'd have to be some preseason action. The other thing is Pittsburgh looks better than – you know, they, they might look better than people 
because people were down on Harris a bit, I think, with, with you know, with the Pittsburgh offense situation. So I think Saquon will, will jump Harris. I just think based on the way that the scheme is going. Does he go past Eckler, you think? No, I, I don't think you can, think I don't that's think you can do that. I think, I think it's because I think, I think like he, he's going to jump Harris. Um, I think like he's going to jump Swift. Dalvin's kind of Dalvin. He's always going to have people that love him. But I just think that the potential upside of Saquon Barkley leading the Giants and receiving, um, I mean, I just think he's such a smash spot. I don't see him jumping Eckler, though, um, no matter what happens the next month, just because that L.A. offense people want pieces of, and it's a very kind of safe pick um, with Eckler as the, as the RB3. But I think I, think I could see Saquon settle in as RB4, RB5, RB6, something like that. People are high on Swift right now too. He's he's steaming up. Um, but yeah, Harris is is kind of fading a little bit. Sometimes I see him drift into the the early second. Yeah. Um, but Saquon, his upside is ridiculous. If that guy can stay healthy, and if they kind of put it together, I mean, he could. I mean, he could finish top three RB like that. Definitely, you know. Yeah, for sure. Okay, guys, we have five minutes left uh with darren just because we have a monster follow-up dan and theo are taking off some taking on some savages in a rotowire nffc uh online challenge what is it 250 grand for first you guys are are, are gonna crush this draft room by the way i'm just i'm just putting it out there you know i, I know you're playing against some ballers but you guys will take it down i don't i don't doubt it we will do our best it's a very tough draft um when there's like five guys who've been on the goat district in the same draft, <laughs> then you know, it's going to be a hard one. And, uh, Chad Schrader's in this one. Nelson Sousa's in this one. Kyle Hilseam is in this one. Uh, Danny Mueller's in this one. Uh, who am I forgetting? Dan, somebody else is in this one. Um, uh, Oh yeah. There's, uh, uh, so that's going to start guys. It's loaded. I'm, I'm, it's loaded. I'm blanking on who it is. It, it'll be yeah. up, up. They'll be going live uh, at 10 PM. So in 20 minutes from now, Darren, you not only brought the fire and filled the 69 easy. I'm not going to even comment on that, but <laughs> don't do it. JD. Filled, it, filled it with so much fire. I know the, the chat appreciates it. The, the, the audience, I know we loved it. We loved all the information you brought. The, the graphs were nice, but the, the detail of the information that was in there was, was priceless. We appreciate you, everything you do. Remind the people about your site, about any subscription details or anything they need to know uh, to get set up for this uh, draft season. Anything else you want to share before we close this bad boy out? Yeah, so um, if you like what you saw, go to fantasymojo.com. Right on the front page, there's a virtual tour. That uh, there's way more stuff going on besides what we did here. ADP and boards is just kind of the tip of the iceberg. We've got other tools that that'll help you. Um, so just take the tour. I don't. I'm not really running around pimping the site. I mean, people find it, and uh, you know this this isn't my livelihood really. So it's it's kind of I, I know what it's what it does for people because you know it works well for me. Um, and the other thing I would say is, and we were kind of talking about this before the, the broadcast, the Fantasy Football Expo. I, I mean, I highly recommend people go make the trip to Canton and you're going to meet like all these dudes you see on Twitter. Like you're going to you're going to have a chance to like meet these people if you're trying to like get into the industry. 
that's the best way to do it because you can sit. I mean, I was having I, I sat there and I was having a conversation with uh, John Hanson, fantasy guru for like 15 minutes, who to me was like the guy who got me sort of, you know, and, in, in, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm an industry guy, but I guess technically I am. But I mean, I was subscribing to him since 1995, and he was like, "I remember you," because at that time his subscription list was only like 100 people. Yeah, it was yeah, just, it was just it was emailing out rankings. Yeah, I've had right. those. <laughs> but you have access to everybody, and um, I, I just can't. Rec- it was at the stadium. I was out there talking with Shope, Krautwurst, the Go Bills guys, the the F- the main event champs. Like it's it's just really great. And, and of course, Vegas, um, you know, for high stakes. But this is. The uh, the expos is more of like an informal, just sort of like, you know, like I was saying, it's like a summer camp for fantasy guys. So yeah, we got. I'm, I'm there next year. We got to send Theo. We're gonna send Theo yeah, out there I'm next yep. year. Yep, I'm in. We're gonna try to make it out there. Um, but we we appreciate you making out with us or making out with us, making yeah. it out here with us tonight, uh, Darren. Like I said, the information was awesome. We appreciate your site, um, guys. Make sure you check it out for draft season, Theo. Before we close it, what do you have, what do you have going on? What do we have going on, man? We, we're bringing some so, more heat in the next couple. So we of have a, a a program change. Uh, Chad Schreier is going to be on tomorrow night, not yeah. Friday. Yeah. So we'll tweet it out, but um, you know, we don't need to tell anybody listening watching us right now who he is. Um, he's going to be on tomorrow night. Dan and I are competing against him tonight, so hopefully we'll have a board to talk about. Um, hopefully we're not trying to hide that board, which is a possibility <laughs> in a draft this sharp. But we'll, we'll do our best. And then we have Pat Corain coming on next week on Monday um, from NBC Sports Edge. Really, really sharp guy, ship-chasing guy. Um, I'm sure a lot of you enjoy his work. Um, and he's going to give us some of his league winners, uh, favorite plays of ADP. And then we'll have a favorite of the GOAT districts. We'll have uh, It's a Trap, which is our fades show. Um, this year, Noah Riddell, um, uh, extremely sharp. FFPC player who everybody uh, oh, I'm sure knows on the show um, is going to be joined by Tommy Libretti, who took down the NFFC Silver Bullet um, and the NFFC uh, Primetime last year. So we have a, a double NFFC champion with a, a great FFPC player for that. It's going to be an awesome show. Wayne is asking, guys, make sure you watch. Wayne is asking uh, for, for the stream, for the live draft you guys are doing at 10. Yes, there is a separate stream. It's been up all afternoon. Go check it out on the Goat District channel. Make sure you subscribe, and you'll be able to follow along along with the with the draft. Awesome show tonight, guys. MyFFPC.com. You know uh, how much we play on that site, how much we support it. They support us. So go check them out. Um, fumbling around with my buttons here. Underdog Fantasy, use the code district. For all of these guys in the link or in the comments below, you'll find a link for each of them and get all your goat gear uh, at viridianglobal.com. Stick with us, guys. 10 o'clock, Theo and Dan will be drafting with Sharks. We're out for tonight. We'll check you all You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion Fought the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash offers the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense (laughs) Broaden your horizons boy Dynasty's not for the Simons boy 
These trades not for consignment, boy Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy This my advice from me to you Open up your cute little podcast queue Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude Pop it in your ear, man Y'all know what to do It's the And I always be traded And I always be traded And I always be traded Y'all try to betray them But first you gotta bait them Fish That was awesome. You guys better take down this draft tonight or don't even bother showing up tomorrow. Oh, shit, we're still live.